Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by my good friends Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Uh, Big R, you have been living uh, just a, a decadent lifestyle of travel lately, man. I mean, really, Bob Seger's the best when he when when he sang uh, just about life on the road and the the excesses and the struggles. Um, are you are you back home today, Big R? I am. I'm. I'm back home for a very. You know, I, I flew back to Ashland just to record yeah. uh, the the podcast. Obviously, do you, because do you even recognize it, man? Does home even feel like home anymore? It doesn't. I mean, I'm looking at the walls right now. I'm I'm looking into my kitchen. I'm looking into my yeah. living room. Just just wondering where where my home is now. Where my home is. Who I even am anymore? You know, I, I don't know who I, I am lost anymore. your soul to this. You know, this this yeah. grind. Now, what second tier reformed conf did you just come back from, man? Did I have the word like? ignite or equip or what are what are we looking at or man? regional you know, it a regional something or other yeah regional. It actually it actually was piper it was uh yeah it was <laughs> ding, a ding, uh, ding, ding. yeah you get you nailed it man it was a uh, it was a regional <laughs> gathering of uh the church plant network i'm with the pastor so i i, I led it with uh, another guy and uh so yeah so we uh we 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 took about five hours and uh you know talked about all the things that uh you know, reform pastors talk about in five hours, you know, when you can reform pastors talk about anything in five hours. That feels a little short. That's about one. Uh, yeah, I know it was, we, we only covered half a topic, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, we just moved on from there. To, and to be right. clear for listeners, there's a distinct difference between a conference and a gathering. I'm not sure yeah. what it what, is, what, but there I feel is like a, a conference difference. has like meals and a, and a band, whereas a gathering is really just a meeting with a better name. Am I right? Yeah, it's a meeting, right? So it's like a, it, it's like basically you, you meet at a church and yeah. they do the whole like square table setup and you're sitting yeah. at one end of it with the other guy and there's about 25, 30 guys in the room and you do just basically. Yeah, a gathering, you're looking at a little Panera bread, but you're not looking at a, you're, you're not talking catered, you know, there, there's no, there's no banquet. And if it's uh, church planting, yeah, it's probably right. Jimmy John's because Panera is a little bit too expensive. Yeah, yeah. Although, although I feel like Panera is the the kind of church planter approved, you know, situation. <laughs> you can get yeah, your, well, you know, your... you got to remember this is Sojourn, so the church mm-hmm. I'm with that was hosting this is obviously on the hipster tip. So yes, they actually had quinoa something salad. You know, you can exa- get your... do we literally we had quinoa salad catered in by, by, by a local like like delicacy, a oh, local yeah local delicacy. quinoa. It's so much better than Panera, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of that was the vibe. That was the vibe. A lot of let me just let me just throw it out there. You know, there's a lot of red wing boots. There's a lot of beards. There was a lot. There was a lot of, of tight fitting jeans. Yeah. And uh, a, a lot of uh, varying degrees of colors of, of plaid shirts. See it, dude. You, so. It makes me sad to hear you say that because like hipsters take all the cool stuff. Well, not the tight jeans. Those are cool for girls. Um, but. <laughs> Red Wing boots are the highest quality construction boots out there. Like they're the yeah, like be- actual they're the, work. Yeah, they're the best work boots on the market. And hipsters have turned them into a, a fashion statement. I feel oh. like actual construction workers need to fight for their boots on this one and just go beat. I agree. Hipsters. Totally agree. Yeah, you used to have to be kind of a grizzled, like bad A sort of dude to have a pair of like Red Wing boots, and now yeah, you're not just- anymore. Now you can be just a fey, feminine, artistic. Yeah, I like me and, and enjoy and enjoy your uh, you know your marginally tarnished Red Wings. Maybe do you have a pair? Do you have a pair of uh, of wings? You know, man, I'm gonna have to get that job at that 2,000 plus seater mega church before I can afford that big. Or you 
he unfortunately. Can, before you so. can spring for a pair of those. You know what? Well, Maybe like two hundred bucks a box. So. Oh, dude, that's min- that Piper. That's minimum. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. like the ones yeah. I've that's looked low at. Red Wing are like three foot, like three fifty four. So. Oh, baby, that's a huge investment. It you is. I mean, I haven't. You know, I got to wait for that next book deal. Tom, or, that's right. So. The wheelhouse of a. That's a. That's a happy rant sponsorship. Well, though we need to get. We need to get Red Wing on the horn. Yeah. We and do. get them to, to send us three pairs of beautiful baby boots. That's that. Would you be know phenomenal. what? As soon as as soon as yeah. Missional Wear starts stocking, uh, you know, Red Wing will be able to. Be able <laughs> Charles to... Spurgeon branded Red Wing boots. <laughs> Debossed de- de- uh, Spurgeon outline on the boots. That would be amazing. Yeah, I think. You know, no. I prefer the Jonathan Edwards models personally. So, but we we can we can figure that out when they send them. Yeah, so. Edwards was a little more tortured. He was a little more hipster and yeah. miserable. So. Re- resolved yeah, that, to wear Red Wing boots. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, boys, speaking of uh, of covering half a topic, we have uh, we have three topics to cover and not a whole lot of time to do it. So uh, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to dive right in here. Uh, but first, Pipe, do you want to do you want to throw a little love to our sponsor this week? I do want to throw a little love to our sponsor. We have NavPress as our sponsor again. Uh, Ted, you have written for NavPress before, haven't you? I have. I've done I mean, some you've written for almost everybody. So I'm just going to assume the answer is yes. Indeed, um, it is. So uh, we'll assume that your relationship with them remains solid. They they certainly didn't turn up their nose when I said uh, when I when I went to them for a sponsorship. <laughs> but uh, the sponsorship is for the book "Bound to Be Free: Escaping Performance to Be Captured by Grace" by D. A. Horton. D. A. is a friend of mine through just some different church connections and ministry connections. Really good guy. He is uh, he's planting a church in Los Angeles right now. So he's he's one. He's not just a mouthpiece guy who says a lot of words but doesn't do any ministry. Right. He's on the front lines. But the whole idea of the book is uh, escaping the performance trap to be trapped by God's grace. So um, he, the first half of the book is about all of the traps of performance. The second half is all of the traps of God's grace and how they counteract that performance thing. Uh, DA is a master of weaving culture, cultural reference, everyday life uh, into pretty deep theological points in an accessible way. So um, it's it's a, it's just a pretty strong personal growth Christian living title. Go check it out. Bound to be free, escaping performance to be captured by grace. It's available now. You can get it wherever you buy your favorite Christian books. Um, we will also have a link to it in the show notes on the Blazing Center. Um, so you can go find it there if you don't feel like looking it up. Now you uh, you say that you're friends with DA, and I've always wondered this. So you you suss this out for me. Uh, when you're friends with a guy who goes by initials, um, like do you call him DA? Like when you're hanging out playing Settlers of Catan together, or do you do you call him uh, by his actual name? Like whatever the D stands. Well, for? Well, the D is Damon, and I will call him DA or Damon. He goes by both, so he's not a he's not a uh, like a DA Carson where. His yeah. friends call him Don, and D.A. is all the people who don't know him. He actually goes— Actually, my name is D.A. Carson, uh, but you can call me Dr. Carson. <laughs> I, I think that's how, <laughs> that's that's right. how he prefers it. <laughs> that's right. No, so uh, so D.A. or Damon, just he goes by either and uh, and, okay. is, and is fine with either because he— uh, either because he hasn't had enough books published yet to achieve just initial status and he's working his way up, or yeah. because he's just yeah. a down-to-earth dude and doesn't tell people what to call him. Well, you know what? Let's hope he gets to just initial status. That I mean, I think a, that's something awesome for him. It would be. Yeah. It would be. I think that's, that's the hope that's, for all of us here today is that D.A. Horton gets to D.A. Carson see, status, which please. is just D.A. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, have, have you guys thought about doing the initials thing? 
<laughs> I have. I just feel like I I need to be seventy three before I'm allowed to do that. So you would be R J Martin. R J sounds like a like a twelve year old boy. You know. <laughs> yeah, but but R J Martin sounds like either a finance company or like a high end outdoor goods company. Like, can't you see? Yeah, high end outdoor like, goods. R J Martin leather satchels. Like, I can see it. Oh, dude. That's kind of hipster too. That kind of fits. I don't. I'm not. That's not an insult. I'm just saying. Like when I hear R.J. Martin, that's what comes to mind. I love or, it. Guys, or, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm literally on GoDaddy right now, like getting rjmartin.com. <laughs> rjmartin.com. Yeah. yeah. Ted, hey, Ted, what's your middle ever, initial? Uh, a for Arnold. T. A. Cluck. No. Mm, yeah. That 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 sounds like a meet and three. Yeah. T. Yeah. It does. Yeah, and it really does. Yeah. It sounds like some West Tennessee like. Food truck. Yep. Yeah. Some some fried chicken and uh, and some roast beef and greens. That's <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Piper, what's yours, man? B, B W Piper. That is a mouthful. B-W oh, that just Piper. sounds like root beer. You know. <laughs> oh, it just root sounds, beer. It just sounds like root beer from Minnesota. You know. <laughs> it's, it's a knockoff of A and W. It's B W's. <laughs> we just took B-W the next letter. Piper. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Dude, that's outstanding. Well, guys, speaking of just epic cultural items, um, we threw out uh, to our great listeners. Um, uh, it, it had been a while since we had let them weigh in on ideas for the show. And we had a guy write in uh, to say, why don't you guys talk about why Christians should play Settlers of Catan? And if you're not familiar, this is a board game. Uh, it takes about 11 hours to complete a game. Um, and it's a game that's sort of set in the past where you're trading like wool and ore and fire and trying to like have dominion over the board. Basically. It's basically like Minecraft, except a board game. Yeah, it's like a board game version of Minecraft, which if you if you live in a house with young boys like I do and you've ever had to listen to them tell Minecraft stories, you just want to gouge your your ears and your eyeballs out because it's it's that <laughs> boring. But uh <clears throat> Settlers of Catan, guys, is one of these things that that evangelicals have really championed uh, for some reason. I'm not a huge fan of it, um, and I have to say I'm probably not a huge board game game fan at all. Like playing games to me is just a vehicle for like talking and hanging out. But people who play Settlers are are very they're into the game itself and they're into winning the game itself, um, and they're also really into it on a like an evangelistic level. I, I feel like. When I was growing up, like, for example, I played a lot of, like, Super Tecmo Bowl on the Nintendo, but I didn't feel that it was my, I didn't feel that it was my earthly duty to, like, convert other people to Tecmo Bowl. You know what I mean? Second question, did you judge people who did not enjoy Super Tecmo Bowl? No, because I was too busy enjoying it myself. I was too busy, like, running that sweep with Walter Payton that the defense couldn't stop and and just enjoying it. So, Are you um, talking about a video football game, Big T? I am, baby. I'm talking about the video football game. I was like the original uh, great. I don't know if it was the original original, but it was the one that made video uh, or football video games both famous and fantastic. It was. It was amazing. But yeah, I, I don't feel this evangelistic fervor for it. And I feel like nowadays you have to, you know, you you have to get converts for whatever it is that you're into. And and that, this just sort of speaks to the settlers of Catan topic. So, guys, do you have any experience with this game? And if so, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I, I, when I was in college, uh, my last couple years of college, I lived in a house during the summers with a bunch of uh, Wheaton grad students who had, you know, we, we went to church together and, and worked on staff there and different things. 
and oh. some of them were like rabid fans. Now, mm-hmm. I guess to be fair, there are no fans of Settlers of Catan who are not rabid fans. You're either rabid True. or you hate it. And I fall right. in I fall into the latter category primarily thanks to them. As far as I <laughs> could tell, Settlers of Catan is sanctified Dungeons and Dragons. It is Oh, I love it. It's it's D&D for Christians. <laughs> like it's you live in this strange little world and you build your little your little fences and you do trading and like you try to build a little empire, but it's like the Christian version because there's no uh witchcraft or wizardry or magic or, or sorcerers or anything like that. That was my impression of it and uh There's and nothing they, fun about it. Uh, I I tried <laughs> playing one time and it was like, why not just play Risk? If you're going to play a boring board game that takes forever and you're trying to take over the world, play Risk. Yeah. It's a better game. Yeah. Big R, what about you, man? What's your uh, experience with Settlers? Yeah, man, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have any. So my, yeah, I mean, I, I just have a weird like. You know, my only weird connection with it is that you know, ten years ago, I literally had never heard of this game, and we had some yeah. friends that we had made at the church we were at. And they kept inviting us over to play Settlers of Catan. And mm-hmm. I remember at some point, I, I just I felt dumb, and I, I went to somebody and I said, "Dude, have you ever heard of this game, Settlers of Catan?" And they looked at me like I had lost my mind. Like, how could you not know what this game is? <laughs> and so all that happened was we just kept denying and denying, and we never ever went over and played the game with them. I don't know why we didn't. Um, yeah. you know, because they were they were buddies. Yeah, but there was just something about even the way they described it. That just yeah. sounded painfully slow and boring, and I was always like, I would look at my, I'd look at my wife, and I'd be like, dude, let's just not do that. Let's not. Let's <laughs> right. like preserve our friendship with them and not do this. What's well, it's one yeah, of those things it, where? It, Go ahead. Yeah, at, at some level, you feel like it's going to ruin the friendship. You know, if I have to spend like eleven hours around a table, like competing with you. Well, that's just key, not what it's you like. I'm like what you just said, like, dude, I was like, let's just go and get something to eat and talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. why do we got to put ourselves through all of this? ridiculousness and all this, this, you know, this, all this boredom just to like have the conversation that I'd rather have around like a burger. Or if if you're going to play a game, play a game that's like, uh, like I don't, I don't enjoy most board games, but like some of those group games, like, I don't know, apples to apples or somewhere it's like, it's basically a springboard for laughing at and yeah. with other people or, or you're and it's fast paced. Yeah. And it's, there's, there are winners, but you're not really playing to win. You're playing to, to crack jokes. That's that's sort of the point of the game or, or to just – those things are fun. Like Settlers of Catan is like we're going to commit. We're going to start at 5 and we're going to go until tomorrow morning. And by the end of it, I will be spiteful because somebody else defeated me. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't see the point. Dude, I, it's weird. I mean yeah, it's like it's like when dudes want to get together and watch like the Lord of the Rings trilogy or like – you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's like dude, there, there has to be something better. We, you know, I just want to have a convo. And then yeah. you know, then there's the irony that board games are called board yeah, games. It's, oh, yeah, they, they, yeah, it's built right in. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. literally built into the descriptive title. Oh man, the, the only, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I can't believe that games, we're all like not that into board games. Though. I think I know, that's shocker. phenomenal. Uh, the yeah, only yeah. board games that are fun are playing like Trouble with your kids when they're little. You know, where it's just like because again, you're just sort of hanging out and doing a thing, but it's not really invested. It's like roll the dice, move some spaces. You know, right? But it's it's with the kids. It's not the game that it's fun. That's just a vehicle to to hang out with your kids. Whereas Settlers of Catan, like the game is the thing. It's I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and say that it's uh, it's it's like a strange little object of worship for the people who enjoy it in a really weird way. They will deny that. Yeah. They don't realize how weird they are, but 
folks, you're if you love that game, you're a little bit weird. There it is. There it is. Done. Piper lays down the law. Well, guys, speaking of laying down the law, there was another um, another evangelical whose celebrity is is maybe as grandiose as uh, as Pipes, who said something pretty controversial the other day uh, from the pulpit. Uh, his name is Andy Stanley. He's a megachurch pastor. You may have heard uh, of him. You may have heard of him. Oddly enough, fellas, my only like overlap with Andy Stanley, my wife used to work for this like company, this Christian company. She did marketing and they sold like, I don't know, medical equipment or whatever, but they were, it was run by Christians and there were all these like kind of cheesy Andy Stanleyisms hung up all, all over the office, which was like this weird <laughs> Osteenian meets like business book kind of cookie cutter wisdom sort of sort of things all over the walls. So I, I think I decided that I I disliked Andy Stanley at that point. And um and I have to say this this quote of his, uh this controversial thing didn't help at all. Why don't I just read this real quick and then you guys can can weigh in on it. Uh so this is Stanley. He said when I hear adults say, well I don't like a big church, I like about two hundred, I want to be able to know everybody, I say you are so stinking selfish. You care nothing about the next generation. All you care about is you and your five friends. You don't care about your kids or anybody else's kids. Um, so as you can imagine, that uh, ignited some controversy. I go to a church uh, of about 200 people, and I really, really like it. And I don't feel like um, I'm not caring about my kids in going there. You're so stinking uh, selfish, Ted. I know. Apparently, and, I'm. And Ronnie, you're doubly selfish because you pastor a small church. I know, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I hate my kids. I'm selfish, <laughs> and I can't even. I, I can't even believe I'm hanging with a guy right now that hates his kids too at his time. Yeah. it's a lot of self-loathing in uh, on this podcast right now. See, I, I go to a mega church, but I recently switched to the smallest of the five campuses, which only gets, you know, about 200 people a Sunday. So um, I'm also... You hate your kids too, then. I'm working on hating my kids. I'm not quite Does all the way count, there yet. Does that count, though? I don't, I don't know like if that counts, hating your kids. I, that's, I'm offended by that. Well, we don't, meet, we don't, meet try to, don't try to campus out on the thing and act like you're the Fine, I love my you're kids. Not. Gosh, guys are so No, Does the main campus of your mega church have, like... You know the go kart track and the climbing wall and the the stage. They all have a stage in like the youth room so that uh, youth kids can pretend that they're. Yeah, rocking. is the children's ministry like a Disney themed water park? I mean, what are we talking <laughs> yeah, about? Exactly. You are you're you're about halfway there. So okay. here's the fun part: the 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 main worship meeting area was patterned after. Get this. North Point Church's main meeting area. That would be Andy Stanley's church. So, uh, which, this, which itself was patterned after uh, the Meadowlands football stadium in New York. Or, which or a Walmart. It's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> so the youth area in ours does have its own stage. It actually has its own building. It's uh, <laughs> the, the, the student ministry. Well, the student ministry is like 2,000 people. It's, yeah, it's almost it like is. a separate parachurch thing from our church. But there's of no climbing wall is. or whatever. But there are like leather couches and like uh, corrugated of metal walls. There are. Yeah, I mean it's it, there. It's it's got its own like like the rack lighting you see at uh, at concerts and things like that. Piper, how many times do I have to say of course? How many times? Just keep going. It's fun. I'm I'm enjoying this. The children's so area basically is, it's a it's a Panera bread for kids. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like well, it's like it's like that meet, meets like Restoration Hardware. Um, oh, meets TGI it. Fridays because I'm sure they have like a full <laughs> kitchen and 
Ah, I love it. There is one in the church. I don't think it's in the student area. The kids area is not – there's no water, so it's not a water park. But there uh, there are different – Yet. Me- Yet. Well, uh, insurance area. It causes flooding, damage. It's expensive. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the meeting areas for the different like you know preschooler, young elementary, older elementary are called tree houses and they look like – they, you know, you walk in and it's like walking through this ginormous tree trunk into a tree themed area, and that's kind yeah. of all painted down the hallways. So, yeah, it's a little bit Berenstain Bears ish in that area. This, again, this is the main campus. The campus that I meet in meets in the basement of a church because uh, the main sanctuary is so crappy we can't meet in it. So, we're like the, uh, we're the, we're the little. The redheaded stepchildren, but again, dude, I see- you're like the punk. You're like the punk rock, like hipster camp. You're the you're the campus that gives legitimacy to the the big that's JFK true. Stadium campus. That's true. It's that's true. That's actually yeah. why I go to this campus because I was like, oh, that's actually like the, they're doing. They're the they're the legitimized ones where where things are grimy and dirty and like Christians are supposed to be instead of all flashy and and. Well, stuff. Piper, you're on the happy rant now, man. You got your rep. You got to keep your rep, man. That's you right. can't go to yeah. that big. I I saw one comment from a listener about this Andy Stanley thing that I thought was very funny. He said, he said, I'm really glad somebody's finally standing up for the mega churches because they're always getting picked on by the little guys. Let me, let me ask you this just as a, as a kind of big picture meta question here. Do you think, um, after guys like us, like abuse mega churches up one side and down the other for years, do you think mega churches will somehow become hipster? Do you think it, in in like five years we'll be talking about how hipster megachurches are, dude? You know I mean? I, Is that yeah? I mean, I get what you're saying. Life. Like, are, are we going to have a total reversal of the whole yeah. thing? Yeah, you know what I mean. I just, man, I, I I I don't I don't think so. I mean, there there like are some like hipster oriented megachurches. I'm trying to think of of who would fall into that into that category. Would it would be like church like initially have fallen into that. Who's in church? Seattle? yeah yeah that like started like it started small and hipster and then like it accidentally just like grew out of proportion so it kind of kept its but it doesn't matter because they what they do is they all build the they all build like the auditoriums out they all add all of the same it feels like there's one guy that builds all these churches because when you go into them regardless (laughs) of how they started they all tend to like follow the same like thematic pattern with how they're how yeah. they've been built. Well, you know like, what I mean? And from a and from like a church structure and leadership standpoint, the bigger a church gets, the more sort of they they all become somewhat homogenous in the challenges that they face and the programs sure, that for they sure. run. Like they can they can describe their uniqueness however they want. And they can yeah. put whatever pictures they want on the wall and give whatever vibe, whether it's traditional or dimly sure. lit hipster stuff or you know smoke and mirrors whatever like they're all kind of the same in terms of the the characteristics and i think that's why people throw stones because they look at it and they go oh they're all just programmatic well yeah. that's not a fair criticism i mean there there's a lot of similarities but there's a lot of good things about it too i mean we've talked about this where like every different tier of church size has its benefits andy stanley's comments now he, to be fair he did come out and give uh, an apology of sorts, and he said, "I don't understand." You know, he's like, "I don't even know why I said that. I think I was dumb in saying that." Yeah, but <laughs> hold on, hold on, Piper. He doesn't know why he said that, even though like all of what he said was on his like projection, which means it was totally pre-planned and said in advance. Yeah, his his response after the fact was basically like, "I I think I was dumb for saying that," and but you, <laughs> I don't. Know, but he acted like it was in the moment. Like, dude, I just. 
Yeah. I just started vamping, and this is what came out. It's like, dude, no, no, no. I it was like on the screen in print behind you. I feel like yeah. he must have been a target of a certain dis, you know, discernment blogger who rips on uh, large, successful ministries or something. And uh, and just like it, it hit a nerve, and so he decided to go after it or something. Like it, there had to be something that triggered that because – for sure. It, it was utterly unnecessary. It was a weird thing to say. And it, I mean, it wasn't true on the one hand. I mean, it just, it's nonsense. Um, because, because I would venture to say you could argue that people who take their kids to a mega church are, are selfish because they're just, they're trying to, you know, find the best programs for their kids that they can pawn their right. kids off on, or they're trying to find the easiest, like onboarding into the church instead of doing the hard work of meeting people and serving and being in community. And like, you can spin this however you want. If, I mean, Absolutely. I can point at every church and say, that church sucks. Or I can point at just about every church and say, that church has some great things going for it. So to just paint with a broad brush is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I think it was coming. I think he's a guy that is, you know, look, from our tribe, man, you know, nobody's going to give Stanley any props and he's going to come under criticism for his like super topical, bombastic, you know, just that just that whole thing that he does in terms of like whatever it takes to get people in the seats kind of mentality. And Mm -hmm. so he's just he he probably gets a little sensitive to getting criticism um, from people that he might even like to be in the same camp as theologically in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's never going to be received into that. But he he but, thrives. You know. He thrives on being separate, kind of doing his own thing, marching to the beat of his own drum. Where like he'll he'll get close to a certain theological camp, but then make some statements about gay marriage or whatever that make that camp uncomfortable. And so all of a sudden, exactly. he's, he's created distance between it. And I mean, honestly, overall, I have a lot of respect for Stanley and and a lot of the things that he and North Point do. This particular statement rubbed me quite a bit the wrong direction. I, I mostly laughed at it. Like I wasn't offended and angry. I was just like, "Are you serious? Like you just said those words yeah. out loud on a stage?" <laughs> um, but I mean, his leadership stuff, like the stuff when he speaks it to something like a catalyst, when he's giving practical leadership advice, it's pretty mm-hmm. strong stuff. But it just—I I don't know. Like this, maybe one was, this one. What do you maybe, say? Maybe Piper. May- maybe. <laughs> you, you you wouldn't know you go to hipster conferences not catalyst because catalyst right. is too mainstream now um yeah i just don't go to catalyst because i only get booked to play you know to speak at d-list conferences well and so, it's yeah. it's a conference not a gathering you do the gathering thing not the yeah. there you go. cigars on the so, gathering yeah. circuit sorry I, right. I forget that's an entirely separate circuit even though we just talked about it he's got a he's got it's a only it's only for people that meet in the basement of 200 person churches because the sanctuary is really horrible yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, can I get in on that then? That that's me, or because we're a campus, does it not count? Because we're still kind of part of the, the mothership. Yeah, it doesn't count because you're uh, part of the mothership. Man. You just yeah, sorry. Oh well, it was worth yeah. a shot. I mean, I, I want Piper. I, I mean, hear me when I say I want you there. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. I will say this: <laughs> at least one of us still loves our kids, sort of. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Man, we haven't had tension like this since Trogues left. Oh man, it's rough today. It's man, a lot of disagreements. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go. I'm. I'm not going to go with Piper on on that on that Stanley love that he just threw out very liberally into our podcast. Well, but, you know, uh, liberal, that's what liberal is my middle name. Don't you forget. Yeah. That's what Hard keeps us strong. Pipe. We. Yeah. You know, we can we can disagree, but we still keep our rep, right, Big T? Yeah, absolutely, baby. We always keep our rep, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Fellas, I'm going to use this uh, this Stanley controversy uh, as a little bit of a bridge, a little bit of a segue into our last topic, because I'm looking at uh, right now, I'm looking at the Christianity Today piece uh, on Stanley, uh, which has a big picture of him. And I'm realizing that he looks exactly like a character from a show that we're binge watching on Netflix right now called The Flash. Uh, he looks like the bad guy, uh, this guy named Wells, uh, Harrison Wells. Looks exactly like this picture of Andy Stanley. So uh, we got a question from a listener. What shows uh, are you binge-watching right now on uh, on Netflix or Amazon Prime? Uh, for us, it's The Flash. That's one that we watch with our kids. The boys really enjoy it. Um, and our, our kind of uh, after-hour show uh, right now is 30 Rock. Man, we love 30 Rock, Tina Fey. Nice. Alec Baldwin. Um, we've actually watched that show before, so we're but we're just uh, we're just enjoying that again. But what about you? That's boy? maybe one of the maybe that's the best comedy to come out in the last ten years. Dude, I think I it know. is. I think it's really yeah. smart. It's really funny. It makes fun of everybody. It makes fun of conservatives, liberals, you know, every everybody. So there's just uh, there's a lot to like about it. We we love it. What about you, Big R? Are you uh, you watching anything currently? Dude, you know what? I, I'm still getting past, you know, just a lot of the um, a lot of the sadness and the fear and I know the where doubt is. that has infiltrated my life since the uh, season finale of Downton Abbey. Baby, I'm, not I'm so pissed on that. that, man. I mean, there's just that there's a hole, there's an emptiness. <laughs> there is an emptiness. You know, I, I, right. I walk around and I don't even know what I'm going to do on Sunday evening anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been I've been seeing, you know, I've, I'm talking to somebody right now to to get through it. So we're that's we're, good, we're doing man. A little, you know what? Don't be alone in that, Big R. Yeah, I know. You need people to help you through it. and I appreciate. I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. It helps a lot. But yeah. But other than that, getting passed down, I'm not really much of a. I'm not really much of a binge watcher. I mean, I. I, I mean, I guess the. I guess the most recent thing of the last couple of years that I. This is completely embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Would be um, this re- this uh, this senior citizen show on CBS called Blue Bloods that Melissa and I got kind of hooked <laughs> into with Tom I, Selleck. Quick. Quick, Maybe uh, I've seen the editorial I've comment. The if it's yeah. on CBS, it's a senior show. That was redundant. Oh, it is. Okay, see, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not up on all that. So yeah, <laughs> like NCIS, Dude, it also looks like- all those senior shows. They can be fun. Okay, but senior shows. It also looks like seniors having crazy sex kind of show. Am I right about that? Oh, Blue Bloods? No, dude. It's like it, I mean, it's totally. It's like it's totally PG rated. Yeah, it's and, like Irish um, Catholic family values, police family in New York. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of a different show. I think. Well, and it's oddly, um, it, it's it's weird. Like it's network, right? But it's weirdly yeah. like conservative in terms of like morality. Interesting. And um, Interesting. and so it's really fascinating because it is like, CBS. Almost every and, episode uh, ends with this big family who are working in various parts of law enforcement sitting down for a big Sunday dinner at at the dinner at table. Granddad's it house. always so, ends like, at the dinner table. Yeah, I mean, literally every single episode ends that way, and it's it's shtickish, but it's the kind yeah. of shtick that you're like, it's like a sign off, you know. And so yeah. it's it's kind yeah. of like Rachel the Held Evans kind of thing, except uh, mm. maybe a bit more wholesome. I'm not sure, but it's well, it's it's like what it does is it's like there's like a warmth to it because like the family they're, they're arguing the whole episode, but they yeah. always get together yeah. at the end, sharing Sunday dinner after mass, you yeah. know, and and all of that. So there's I I don't know. We just got. We just got kind of roped into it because of the characters, and um, but that would be the last thing that we kind of said. Oh, awesome, man! We got like three seasons we can go through on this thing, and we kind of did it. But other than that, yeah, it's, I'm not. I'm not so. We're, we're not so. We're not so into it. But what about you, Piper? 
Uh, I just finished watching uh, Justified, which is uh, it was an FX. Oh, yeah. It's an FX show, so it's like it's not like HBO level uh, rough, but mm-hmm. you know, but since it's cable, it can be it can be a little rougher. But it's yeah. a really funny show. Like it's it's a it's like a, you know, gunslinging U.S. marshal in Kentucky, bringing down drug dealers and stuff. But it's really cleverly written. It was originally based off of books by Elmore Leonard, who was a really clever author. Um, oh yeah, but it's so. I mean, it's it's suspense, it's action. The actors are phenomenal. Like Timothy Oliphant's mm. the main character, and then uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name. the The character's name is Boyd Crowder. He's the he's the main villain, and uh, he. It's a guy you'd recognize if you saw him. I'm, I'm totally blanking on his name, but every single actor in it is is top notch. It's it is a really fun show, and there's six seasons. It's on Amazon Prime, not Netflix. But uh, that's been that was one that I just finished. I watched season one of Better Call Saul, which I was. Oh yeah, how is that? I was skeptical because uh, Breaking Bad was so good, and I was nervous that a spinoff show would ruin it. But they they did a really good job of balancing like the quality of Breaking Bad with a different flavor because it's built around uh, Saul Goodman's character. And uh, oh, I didn't know that was a break off. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. So it's so the lawyer in Breaking Bad, Saul Goodman, he's kind of a bit character in that, but he's like the main comic relief throughout it. So it's it's entirely his backstory and how he got to be that guy, um, and it's. It's uh, it's funny and it's good. I really enjoyed it. I was I, I I made the mistake of watching it because there's only one season out, and I should have waited until the second one came out so that I could extend my enjoyment a little bit. But right. and then and then I like the Netflix original Marvel shows. Uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones were both really good. I like those a lot. So nice. I I will binge watch. I will try just about anything once. Um, usually I don't make it through a whole show though because I'll make it through half a season and kind of peter out. But those are ones that I just I knocked out because I thought they were so good. Nice, nice. boys. It's uh it's been a good uh, it's been a good program. We've wandered to and fro as we are uh, as we are wont to do. And as always, the boys from uh, Resonate Recording um, work their magic of making us sound good, which uh, which we learned off the air, Barnabas, that the big R is really not a fan of sounding good. It's actually more hipster to sound bad and have poor audio quality. So maybe Wow. Let's maybe see. we can work maybe we can work with the boys that resonate to make us sound worse. You yeah, know I, mean, I mean like sort of a sort of a uh, a like a, a gramophone kind of thing or like a nineteen twenties ear where you can like hear the hissing and the popping and there's no bass to it. Maybe like a hand crank kind of uh record. Well I just think us- we should I just think every podcast should just go straight to vinyl. I mean if we're gonna really do if we're gonna <laughs> Absolutely. really Absolutely really be hipster. For warmth, it is you know? the the only downside to that is distributing vinyl through the internet is a challenge that No, uh, you know what? the, the true fans would get it. Yeah. Oh, they would absolutely get it. So we'd send out about two vinyls a week. Yeah. And uh it'd be great. <laughs> well and, and we, we could do like an entire B sides uh podcast. It would be like our, our sort of offbeat stuff, maybe the less yeah, happy it'd be of our, the it'd be our edgier stuff, Piper, yeah. our edgier stuff. You know. All For kidding sure, aside, yeah. I would be so stoked if we put out a vinyl of some of our best apps. Guys, should we talk? I mean, should we talk should we tell our audience that we have lately been talking about doing some some live Podcast yeah, some kind of a live concert. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Could, we, could we have a gathering, a happy rant gathering? Well, see, that's what I want to say is I want to get some people together because I would like to have an audience. So I want to get some. I want to get some listeners together that might be interested in kind yeah. of meeting in the middle someplace and having us do a, li- a couple of live podcasts with an audience. That'd be amazing. Let's that drum up be- some interest for that. 
Yeah, so maybe we can have listeners weigh in on Twitter uh, on that idea. Yeah, Twitter and, uh, at Happy Rand Pod or find us on Facebook and hit us up there. We do have a Facebook page. We haven't we haven't pushed that one in a little while, but uh, yeah, that'd be if we get enough responses, we will figure out a way to make that work. I'm sure we can. Absolutely. We just need to have enough listener response that we don't show up and do a podcast in a room for six of you. Because that's right. not even a. Gathering. We need at least sixteen of you. Yeah. Because we're going to do a gathering, not a conference. Let's keep that in mind. Maybe it's a gathering, big square table, a couple of microphones. Well, if, if we get beyond a gathering, it doesn't have to be a conference. It can be an it can be an event. Uh, okay. So that even you know. Well, now we're starting to sound like Andy Stanley. I don't know. Dude, an event is a conference with no food. No. <laughs> right. Well, and cooler lights. And, no gift bag. Yeah. and what? And no bookstore. No bookstore, no gift bag, no food. Just well, we can't bring up. We can't sell our books. Is that what you're saying? I mean, that's not acceptable at all. No, but we can sell our vinyls. We can sell our. We happy can sell vinyls. our vinyls, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can. We can, we can sign bring and in, sell our vinyls. Yeah, we could bring yes. in. Uh, we could bring in missional wear to sell to sell their good too. So we wouldn't really have to provide swag. That could be. Uh, that could be their deal. They could. They could make that happen. Guys, Boy, I think what we're doing right now is planning a conference. We're the happy a conference. conference. This is what, what that sounds, sounds like. We're doing. Like. Oof. Yeah. So. I'm already planning a conference for work. I'm not interested in planning another one. Let's. let's I think. I think you are, Barnabas. I think you are. You know. I mean, I think. I think with missional wear coming in. I mean, I think we already have vendors now. Do you have a pet bird running? What? Do you have a pet bird? I hear a bird in the background. Yeah, I I have. Yeah, I have. I have birds. You know, (laughs) flying around me. I, I. I like to do the podcast in the midst of bird song. Yes. We can. We can get the birds for the conf. No worries. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. They already, they already confirmed. <laughs> and Big R, after we go off the air, maybe you and I can talk a bit about the right kind of quinoa salad for the event. Oh, absolutely. Or as most of my friends like to call it, quinoa salad. Yes. <laughs> quinoa. As they say in Ohio, quinoa. Exactly. Boys, with that, I have to sign off. I have to go do uh, college campusy things for the rest of the day. So we have wandered to and fro. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Until next time. Rachel the Held Evans. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.